celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And who's this? This is Paul. Hey, Paul. How you doing? Fine, fine. I'm a truck driver. Uh-huh. And I have a skunk as a pet and have had for the last seven years. Does it travel with you? Yes. It, you... <laughs> In your truck with you? Yes. Wow. Where does he sit? Uh, she sits on the passenger seat, and either my wife's with me, she sits in Mama's lap. Ah, what, wow. what does she eat? How do you have, tell us about your skunk here? Well, the skunk starts. Well, we got her from a fur farm in Iowa. Uh-huh. Uh huh. First of all, it's illegal to own a black and white skunk anywhere in the United States. Okay, good to know. Uh, the skunks come in different colors. Mine's a brown and white. Uh huh. And we got her from a fur farm. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Wild skunks under no circumstances legal to own. Okay, uh-huh. Okay. so you, you can travel across the country with your skunk, and you're legal the whole way. Right, right. I'm um, a little possessor. The fishing game in the state of California has no problem with her. Uh, the health department, because of ignorance, they say that they carry rabies. They don't carry rabies. A skunk either has rabies or it doesn't. Right. Mm-hmm. If they carried rabies, they'd be dead. Right, right. They carry them in the, in the wild, and that's why they get rabies. Mm-hmm. A domestic skunk. I give her a uh, vaccine which is shipped in from Canada, which is 85% effective, which is the vaccine you give canine is only 80% effective. Mm. And this is for rabies? Yes. What do you feed her? Uh, she eats uh, lamb and rice dog food. Uh, <laughs> does she play? Oh, she she loves it. She'll get down the, when we're home, she'll get on the floor with me, and they do a stomping action, which is... Uh, what they do when they're uh, in the wild as a as a uh, to ward people off. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But when I'm playing with her, she'll stomp, and I'll ask her. I said, "Are you my vicious gunk?" And she <laughs> bares her teeth, and she'll grab my. She never bites down hard enough to break the skin. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And she loves to play. Now, Paul, the obvious question is in my mind: Have you had her descented? And what's that about? She was descented when when we got her. Okay. Uh, which was really a shame because there are two ways to descent. One is called manually, where they go in and actually grab the scent glands and pull them out. Fur farms are vicious. Yeah. Well, uh, well did you just rescue her from the fur farm? What made yes, you I, pick a skunk? Uh, my wife's uncle had a skunk when she was little. Oh, okay. And uh, she always wanted one, so I called around and I found this fur farm who sold them. And uh, I paid pelt price for her. Well, her little brothers and sisters uh, were shipped to Europe. Yeah, yeah. What, so, what, what, what kind of price is that? Uh, Eighty dollars. Okay, okay. And how long yeah. do they live? Uh, in the wild, they only live about two or three years. Uh, domestic skunks have been known to live as long as twenty. Wow! Wow! How old is yours? Mine's seven. And you've had her since she was a baby. Yes. Uh, yeah, she was only just she fit in the palm of my hand when I got her. What's her name? Sassy. <laughs> Sassy. Now, are they, do they like companions? Do they like to be around other skunks, or do they like to oh, be solitary? They like to be around their, their mama and daddy. And that's you. That's us. <laughs> uh, if we ignore her, she'll let it, she'll pull the covers off of our bunk. She'll, she'll uh, pull the pillow off of the bunk. <laughs> uh, she, they, they did, a skunk is a, if you don't have a lot of time to devote to an animal, you should never have a pet skunk. Okay, so if you're a truck driver and you don't have time for this, 
Don't right. do it. Okay. So my wife and I travel together, so uh, so there's always somebody holding her. And yeah. They do require a lot of attention. Mm. Well, I would suggest if you want to get a skunk as a pet, go to a reputable breeder, but don't get one that you find in the wild, in the forest, or oh, in your absolutely. backyard. Never, 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 never. Yes. It's absolutely against the law to have a a wild skunk as a pet. Okay. You heard it right there from the skunk guy. The skunk guy, and Paul, calling in. Always get one from a from a fur farm and save them from being butchered. Mm, yes. Sounds like a good idea. Now, where can we learn about these fur farms? Uh, go on the internet under fur farms, and there's uh, they're all over the United States, unfortunately. Okay, okay. Sounds like uh, you can go out and rescue a skunk, and they they make great pets. Make great pets. Well, that's according to Paul here. Paul, thank you for calling in today. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Animal Radio. Okay. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. It's Animal Radio with Hal and Judy, cast of characters. Of course, we have Doctor Jill. She hates it when I call her a character, but you know what? You're a character, girlfriend. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> well, I'll try to take it as a compliment. And an expert in really, we've learned over the last few weeks: uh, ferrets, skunks, hedgehogs, Ra- raccoons, raccoons. Well, I don't know if I'm a ferret. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know if I'm an expert. <laughs> but you have some good answers, and we like that. Uh, you know, oh, oh, today is oh, our good. big pet loss and prevention special, and it's especially poignant for us as we travel across the country. Now we have all the studio cats uh, ID'd, microchipped, and we just got an email. And by the way, you can email all of us here. Your voice at animalradio.com. Just got this email. It's from Sherry in Oxnard, and she says, it's strange that you're talking about lost pet prevention. I wish I had known that. I've just lost my cat this morning. What do I do? And, you know, when that happens, the first thing you do, I, I usually panic. Yes. <laughs> I freak you gotta out. you got to stay calm. And that's you not the right thing calm. to do. you got to stay yeah. calm. Okay. Yeah. What, should, what should she do? Well, the first, I mean, I can tell you this because I told you um, a couple weeks ago I lost my my friend's dog. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but good, I recovered good. it real quick. You did yeah. recover it, okay. Yeah, the first thing you do is you call your local animal control office. You want to call them right away. In some towns, there's a time frame you have. Some towns, it may just be the animal's there for two or three days, and that's it, and they, they will put them to sleep. If you're in a, a uh, area where there's a lot of pets there, they just have a very short time, and they don't have room to keep all the pets. So the first thing you do is you call them. Um, the majority of the times when you call them, they're going to tell you to come out there. Um, sometimes if you talk to the person, you can explain what your pet looks like. But it's always a good idea to call them, see if they found anything, but then also physically go to the shelter and look and see if you see your pet there, um, just to make sure. You want to make sure you keep a picture of your pet so you can, you know, you can show it to people if you're looking for it. Um, and also, you know, with a cat, your cat may be around your home. Look around your home, of course, quickly, too, and see if there's anything, you know, if you see any um if you see your pet somewhere, I did see Coco that was running away. She came over for the weekend and um, with my friend, and I was just outside, and I saw her at the neighbor's deck. I don't know how she got out again, but she did it again. So some pets are just escape artists, so you want to look around, but definitely call animal control. Um, I always recommend everybody should have their cats and their dogs microchipped, and this is a way that whenever they come into a shelter, 
they scan them and they read the microchip and they have, you know, within a few minutes they'll have access to your, your contact information and they'll call the pet owner right away. You know, Jill, I sure get a lot of emails every week and they, they're they concerned about the microchip. One is about cancer. Does it cause cancer? Another one is, well, are these incompatible scanners going to become an issue? We're hearing more and more about that in the news. Well, they, they do not cause cancer. That's I think that's like an internet rumor that people have started. Mm-hmm. There's been no there's been no notes of pets developing cancer from the microchips. The microchips are like little tiny chips that you know will give a number off when they're scanned, and they're the size of a piece of rice. And when you do microchip a pet, you it's almost like a little injection. It feels like a little pinch, and it puts the little rice piece underneath their skin. And um, and the shelters will have different scanners. They will have different scanners that will scan that. There's mainly two different types of microchips. So most shelters will have both types and they'll scan them. But in addition to a microchip, it's always a good idea to put a tag on your pet's collar too. And that's that's easiest. You can see it right away. You don't have to go find the scanner. But the scanner is something that you definitely want to do because a lot of the times the collars will fall off or they'll be misplaced. And in the case of, of Hurricane Katrina, there were so many pets that didn't even have a collar on, and they may have had collars on. You don't know what they went through, um, but some of them had microchips, and they were able to reunite them with their pet owners very easily. So the safest thing is to microchip and have a tag that's visible. Exactly, and then make sure, you know, people do move around, they get new cell phone numbers. Make sure when you do have um, microchipping or the tags, you keep current information on it because, you know, the sooner they can get to you, the sooner you can get your pet back. Mm, that's very important if you move around like we're moving around. Yes, we need to yeah, update yeah. all of our studio kitties, update their microchip information. Yeah, you do. You do. Now, cats, yeah. do they? when they take off, I notice they don't go very far, and some people actually overshoot the area that they, they look for their cats. Well, you know, it depends on the cat. There's been, I've heard stories where cats have gotten on trucks and they've ended up from, they've gone from New York to California. <laughs> you you know, you just, it just depends. Some of them will roam the, the area. You, you never know. But a majority of cats will stay around their home and, and try to come back. But you, you don't know. You know, anything goes with pets. You never know what they're going to do. Okay. Well, best bet is to be prepared so that if it happens, you're prepared. And that means having a, a picture current picture because you don't want to go scrambling for the picture when you lose your animal that's too late to exactly do that. and you yeah. and you may describe a cat a certain way but if you have a if you have a picture a picture you know will tell you a lot more information and bring the picture when you do go to the shelter and yeah. show it to people and so maybe if you don't see your pet there right now that they'll you know leave a copy with the information your content information there so if they do if the cat does turn up they can call you right away mm, yeah and visit your local shelter like you said that's such good advice because obviously if your pet is found it will be returned there and also mm-hmm. if it's there the, the person who's probably not working for a lot of money may not be able to identify your animal even though it is there so it's good to go down there and check for yourself exactly exactly and then there's no confusion okay i've learned so much today i won't panic next time Okay, good. (laughs) You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guests at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Vinny Penn, your party animal, coming back at you. One quick question to throw your way. Whatever happened to the doghouse? And I don't mean the sofa after you've had it out during dinner over what you were going to watch on TV that night. Uh, Survivor versus One Tree Hill. 
Not that doghouse. We all know that doghouse is alive and well. Buddy of mine just uh, bought a new place. We're visiting him this past weekend. He takes me out to show me where Thor's room is. Uh, and Thor's room, to be honest with you, is what I would call the back patio. Huge awning, big sofa bed, plush, very comfortable. Uh, this whole area to meander about. And it got me to thinking about when I was a kid, uh, almost every backyard had that really cool, just kitschy, cool doghouse way in the corner. And it was exactly that. I mean, it was a little small for some of the dogs, sometimes pretty big for some of the other dogs. And it would have their name over the roof. And uh, I mean, sure, back then we thought, oh, when it pours and rains, they must run. And they never stopped to think how much the dog might love it in there. They don't need to be upgraded to the, the bridal suite. I don't know that a lot of the, I think the animal communicators out there, uh, as much as I think that's farcical, they might tell you, you know, uh, I'm looking at spot here and, uh, I think he needs some space. I think he wants some distance from you guys. And, uh, you know, on the back patio, he could hear you squabbling over the O'Reilly factor and it's not really working for him. The back patio? Please don't let the doghouse go the way of even the, the, the birdhouse or the treehouse. Some other guys I know pointed to the fort they had uh, in the backyard for their kids, and it was completely prefab. It was not just those planks wedged into the tree that really weren't even safe, with the ladder just being planks of wood nailed into the tree kind of haphazardly and uh, the fire department uh, needing to be called just to get the kids. Out. This is this is what youth was in the 70s. No, you weren't safe in that tree house in the backyard, and you didn't want to be. Uh, and yeah, the doghouse was a little bit small for the dog, and maybe he did get a little bit scared during thunderstorms. But it was better than him here and the two of you make love. I'm Vinny Pen, your party animal, baby. Hey, Julie, you have to get one of these return wah pet tags for Daisy. Last week, Max got lost and was back home in just two hours. Really? How does it work? It's simple. Each pet tag has a unique ID number, which is linked to your name and number. If Daisy ever gets lost, the finder just calls Return Wah's 1-800 number. It's totally safe, confidential, and rewarding. Check out www.returnmypets.com. Don't delay. Protect your pet today at www.returnmypets.com. Com. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. Who knows what's best for your pets? You do. You and pet lovers just like you. At Zoo2.com, you share your experiences with pet products and services, see how other pet lovers rate them, and say what you think about anything related to pets. Best of all, it's absolutely free. And everything you do on Zoo2.com earns points to help your local pet shelter or rescue group. That's Z-O-O-T-O-O.com. Zoo2.com. Bringing pet lovers together to help pets and each other. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. 
All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at caninecaviar.com. That's www.caninecaviar.com. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Hi, who's this? This is Tracy. Hi, Tracy. How you doing today? I'm good, thanks. Where are you calling from? Um, I'm in Georgia, heading south. Are you a driver? I am a driver. Drive carefully, please. How can we help you? Um, I've been hearing a lot of commercials about the Dynavite on the um, XM radio. Yes, they they have a pretty aggressive rotation schedule, it, it appears. They do. They must have gotten a good deal from XM. <laughs> but um, I was wondering what you thought about that product, if I should give it to my puppy. I have a four-month-old schnauzer. And uh, what reasons would you want to give it to your puppy? Um, well, I, I didn't know if it was okay for puppies. I haven't been home yet to check out the website. I was listening to your radio show, so I thought I'd call and see what you thought. I mean, she doesn't have any issues or anything. Mm-hmm. But um, the commercials are saying it's good for even a healthy dog. Oh, they love so. you. Good commercials, huh? Cause, uh, yeah. Yeah, because you don't even have any problems, and you're already interested in using this product, huh? I am. Well, not only for um, my puppy, but my parents have a um, boxer who has been, uh, they rescued her, and she was starved as a, uh, even as an adult mm-hmm. before, they, before they rescued her. And she does definitely have stomach issues that the vet said was, she would probably always have because she was so severely starved. Okay. Well, you know, Dynavite is not a sponsor of Animal Radio, so I want to say that first off. And even if they were, I'd tell it like it is. And I think, Judy, you agree with that, right? I do agree. Go ahead and tell her like it is. You know, I hear good stories, and I hear stories it doesn't do anything. But I hear both, and I hear about 50-50. Um, okay. I would wait, first of all, until you have any kind of issues. You know, if it, don't fix it if it ain't broken. <laughs> okay. See, we, our policy around here is break it. I think, not the puppy. <laughs> not the puppy. I think that uh, you should hang tight with that. As far as what your, did you say it was your parents' dogs? My parents have a boxer they rescued, and she does have, like, she'll vomit from time to time. And um, yeah, I, I'm thinking that maybe that, based on what the commercial is saying, it, you know, it helps with their digestive tract and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was thinking, maybe um, talking to my parents about checking it out. There are a lot of things like that that can help with uh, stomach problems. You should check with your local vet or check with their local vet to see what they suggest for the the problems. My brother, he called me up once and he said, my dog has uh, problems. His, he's shedding. His skin is uh, kind of irritated. And I'm going to order some of this Dynavite. Mm-hmm. And he did that about a year ago. I spoke to him about a, about a month ago. And he didn't really report any difference with it. So, And then I hear the people, you know, there's a lot of testimonials. These testimonials that you're hearing in these commercials are absolutely on the, on the level. They're not actors. These are people that are having good results with the product. So I really, I'm sorry, I can't recommend it either one way or the other. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, your puppy, you know, you, you don't want to wait until something happens, but your puppy is so young that there's no need to start something. If you had an older dog that was healthy, you might want to start it on some kind of preventative. But with a young puppy, I think you're okay as long as he's not showing any signs of any issues. No, she doesn't have any at all. But you said maybe for the boxer. Maybe for the boxer. Check with your vet first because there's okay. there's other things. If it's, you know, I don't know exactly what's going on with the boxer, but it could be something that could be solved with probiotics or enzymes. And there are all kinds out there. So, yeah, they have definitely taken her to the vet. And the vet's just like, well, that's just something she's going to live with for the rest of her life because of the trauma that her insides got from being starved for so long. 
Really? Yeah, mm. but there are things that can make her more comfortable. Yeah. The vet should be willing to try. Uh, if you're not happy with the vet, yeah, try then, another vet. Try another vet. It's always uh, good to get a second opinion with something like that. Okay, so she shouldn't have to deal with that then. No. There, you're saying there is something that could probably help her. Well, you know, I, I can't really tell over the over the phone. And sure. I'm, not, I'm not licensed to tell over the phone. But your veterinarian is. He can see your parents' dogs in person. If you don't like the vet that you're at, not giving you the answers that you want to hear, go to another vet and see if, if you can get those answers. Okay. Okay? Boy, okay, I, I really feel so helpless today. Like, I've done absolutely <laughs> nothing here, giving you no answers whatsoever. Well, you did answer it about the puppy. I'm not going to do anything with the puppy then. Okay. So you did good. Thank you very uh, much. Thank you very much. Please drive carefully, and thanks for listening to Animal Radio. All righty. Bye-bye. And welcome back. It's Animal Radio with Hal and Judy and our cast of characters to answer your questions. I shouldn't call them characters. I should call them experts. They don't like it when I call them characters, but they are characters. Behind the scenes, yes, what people don't hear, what everything that goes on behind the scenes. Vlade certainly is a character. Vlade, you just finished up the Petapalooza this last weekend. I saw pictures. How did that go? Of course, that was the big adoption event that you've been working it for. Is, it is. It was uh, Michigan, Michigan largest adoption event and the nation's second largest pet event. We did a great, just a little bit. <clears throat> Weather was bad a little bit to some degree. I, I mean, you, I, I should have called uh, President Putin to ask him to <laughs> shoot something in the air to make it better. But you know what? We, <laughs> we, yeah, to make it better because you know he controlling everything, even the weather, even the weather around the Russia. Yeah, even the weather. So anyway, we adopted 529 animals, wow. pets. Yeah, it was a great, great thing. They found a new home and I'm so happy about that. You know, it was cats and dogs. Of course, I'm not a spokesperson for the cats. I love all animals, but, you know, that was in combination. And I was very happy uh, one person just stopped with, by me with a couple of kids, not often happening, and just asked me, Vladi, what would be the best pet, you know, for my family. So they want to do the right things. Don't follow the emotions. They want to do the right things in the beginning. And you know what? I just took them around and I brought, I found for that for them that pet. And, you know, the three years old, what he did first, he pulled that dog, you know, by the fur. The dog, <laughs> poor dog said, ouch. And after that, lick that child in return. Mom says, okay, we are taking that pet. <laughs> that was so great. <laughs> Okay, you know what, guys? Um, every time when the Vladi is talking, phone is off hooked. I see so many people right now wants to talk to us. Why don't we go just right now back to the hot uh, line and just pick up? Uh, uh, who is it? Who is right now here? What is your name? Ed. Ed. Hi, Ed. You are with the Vladi, world famous Russian dog wizard. My mom always kept telling me, "I'm not gonna die." For- with one one because one thing because of self modesty but you know what it has a rock button how can I help you <laughs> well thank you for taking my call um, I have a four year old rat terrier who okay. basically is the queen Terrorist? of the house are you there yes I'm here I'm sorry go ahead okay um, I have a four year old rat terrier and she's she's got the run of the house we we close the doors leading to the bedrooms and bathrooms and all that and she has the rain, the run in the main part of the house. Okay. We're thinking about getting a second dog for 
a companion for it. As a Just don't get another puppy. female, okay? We want to start with a puppy. And That's good, but don't pro- get the second female. What's you that? hear me well? Do a not female, yeah. get rat the second female. female. No another females. Yes, sir. Fighting among the bitches is the worst in the world. <laughs> I know what you was thinking about. I was I I'm, I meant the dogs. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, what is your problem? Well, I just want to m- make sure that um because we're gone during the day for most of the part of the day, we don't want to leave a puppy with a dog that's had the run of the house, of course, for all her life. Um for safety sake for the puppy so we're probably going to crate the puppy for the first three or four months and then kind of assimilate her into our current dog's okay. home you know you know what i'm if you understand what yes I'm I, I i got so you calling me to ask how nicely to introduce your new puppy to your family where you have an older dog and such and such am i right well, and how would basically you organize you're right we want to know if it if it would be ultimately safe after three or four months to leave them together uh, and uh, but alone from sure, us sure, for sure. you know eight or nine hours at a time, you know. Yes, sure. I'm going to jump back and forth, but I'm going to tell you up front: fighting among the dogs always happening because of three reasons. Number one, common food. Number two, toys. Number three, humans' attention. It's uh, so interesting for me to see. Over and over, when none of those things are present, dogs are never fight among themselves. People are so afraid to leave the pets together because they think they're going to kill each other. But in reality, if there is no food, no toys, no humans' attention, no humans around, they never fight. Uh, okay, so let me tell you what you need to do. First of all, again, I would like to reiterate, do not get second female, period. Okay, I have a two females, but I'm professional. I know how to keep the things in check. You know, it will take them much more than the time of this segment to explain me why females fighting so hard without even any warning signs. It's a genetically, it's a just driven for surviving of their future kids and such and such. It will take more time and maybe we'll do the special segment on that. But just take my word. Okay, because when the Vladi talks, everybody listen. Vladi tells the truth as it is. Get the mail. Now, your concern regarding um, the some type of the fights and the relationship will be evaporated if you will introduce that puppy right in the older doggy life. How to do that right? I would. Uh, bring a lot of toys at the same time, like I bring the puppy. I will give the old dog a lot of attention the second I bring the puppy in uh, your home. So it would not be like that, like I have a new child, and now the old child will be left left like behind and such and such. No way. So I would introduce it right. I would create some positive perception with the new puppy coming in, in your life. I would create your puppy, yes. I would create it as long as it takes so your puppy would be safe. Not because another dog going to bite. Because he, you, another dog is not going to bite your puppy. Because your puppy, up to four months, have puppy license. It means your older dog will sniff your younger puppy butt and percept uh, about the social status. And it's a puppy smell and he knows don't touch the puppy. So don't worry about 
about that. And uh, what I suggest you to do, uh, devote a lot of time, separate time to each of the dogs so they would not be kind of creating the pack among themselves. So you would, you would be leader with each of them. And I think that will be great, great idea for you as far as in general management of situation. But I think you're running, you're driving in the right direction. And I just want to make sure you were running in the right direction in the right car. Okay, my friend? Okay, I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much for calling us. Hey, everyone, please, who are listening to us right now, or you have your dog who is out of control, or your neighbor maybe has someone, or your friend or co-worker, you should be calling us right now. Here is the Vladi from Animal Radio. You can call me right now at one 866 You can also email me at vladi at animalradio.com. Vladi spells V like Victor, L-A-D-A-E at animalradio.com call us please with your questions because your dog may be not bad and maybe it's not your fault you just need Vlad when you go with Russian any dog will stop fussing remember the advice you hear on today's show is for entertainment purposes only please be sure to consult your own vet regarding your pet this is an animal radio news update I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. A Canadian teen who won first place in the science fair with his preliminary model of a heat alarm system is working to develop a prototype for pet owners. 13-year-old Brian Larson from Alberta has developed an alarm system for cars to measure the interior temperature and humidity of vehicles. Larson said he wants to bring that technology to consumers to save the lives of pets. The teen was inspired after his aunt and uncle lost two dogs who were left inside their RV for an hour. Larson said, quote, the windows were cracked and the upper vents were cracked as well, but it still wasn't enough to save the lives of the pets, end quote. Larson hopes his invention will give pet owners enough time to get back to the vehicle before the danger of heat stroke affects their animals. Vets caution the best way to prevent that is not to leave your pets in any vehicle during summer months. California is one of the few states in which pet trusts are not enforceable by law, but that will soon change. Thanks to the unanimous passage last week of State Senate Bill SB 685, it guarantees that the wishes of pet owners will be followed and allows courts to appoint a caregiver if the trustee doesn't arrange for pet care. Bill proponents say it will reduce the burden on animal shelters as well as protect the wishes of pet owners. The bill now goes to Governor Schwarzenegger's desk for signing this week. Bella may be the oldest living dog in the world, but without any proof, the folks over at Guinness World Records say she can't claim that title. Bella's owners in Britain say they bought the Labrador mix when she was three years old from the RSPCA. They've had her for 26 years, making her 29. But the RSPCA denies having any records of Bella's adoption. The records manager for Guinness World Records says, quote, Unless we can get a doggy birth certificate or some really clear evidence from the RSPCA, then we won't be able to prove Bella's age and we can't list her as the oldest dog. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Get more breaking animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio news update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hi, Animal Radio. Who's this? Hi, this is Kathy. Hi, Kathy. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, I just had a question about my sister's greyhound. He lays in the sun, and he's black. Uh-huh. And he can get up and go in the shade if he wants to. What I'm worried about is, can he, would he possibly overheat himself without knowing? 
It's possible. Yes, you, you got to ask her to check him every once in a while. Roll him over and make sure because I guess they can't sweat. They sweat through their their paws. What was that? You were cutting out. What was that? Oh, oh, I said, it's okay to make him get out of the sun, then go over and, you know, bring him into the shade a little bit. You know what I always do is I, I wake him up, I bring him into the shade, and then if they get back up and go out to the sun, then uh, I, I feel okay. I make sure I check every couple of hours, though. Okay. Well, I just wondered if they could be dumb enough to just lay there and get overheated. <laughs> I wasn't sure. You know, I used to have a cat that would lay in front of the fireplace, and I would touch him, and he would be so hot, I would have to pull him back. Yeah. So, I would... so, okay. That's what I was concerned about. And make sure they're getting plenty of fluids, especially the hot weather that we've been having recently. Okay. Okay. So much. Hey, thanks for calling. Where are you calling from today? Uh, today. We're in Utah. Driving through Utah. Which part? Driving through Utah. Um, uh, which part is Moab? Moab. Moab. Moab, Utah. Very beautiful. Yeah. We'll drive carefully today, and thanks for calling. Okay, thank you. Dogs are cats. Horse are emu. Animals are people, too. Most romantics like a little privacy when it comes to courtship, but pandas take it to a whole new level. In fact, so little is known about the romantic life of pandas that a TV team from England set out to find out what really goes on behind closed doors. Or at least behind all that bamboo. Pandas live by themselves and only come together during mating season, so they're really private and hard to get close to. The film crew had to be extremely quiet. The program, Wild China, shows pandas in an altogether different light than the shy, placid bears you might see in a zoo. The usually silent male pandas were seen barking and shouting. One producer described it as Chewbacca's from Star Wars in a bar fight over a female panda swaying back and forth in a tree. Finally, the biggest male can be seen chasing off the competition. And the smitten female panda rewards her suitor by coming out of the tree for love. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. The Animal Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. Urinoff, finally, something that works. There's lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Your dream team of experts, your dog behavior expert, Vlade, the world famous Russian dog wizard at 1-866-405-8405. Or right now with Dr. Jill, she's answering your medical questions. We ought to just switch you guys one day. <laughs> yeah, that would be really funny. Yeah, Vladi answering medical questions. That would be real funny. Can you do any well, accents? Well, me answering his questions. I, I love his show. Yeah, he's, very he's really good. good. Let's, uh, let's I love go. his accent. He, that's for real, he sounds too. like Count Chocula. He d- that's his, Count, Chocula? Count Chocula? That's his Michigan accent. That's his Michigan accent. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> let's, uh, Something about a man with a Count Chocula accent. Yeah. Very sexy. Yeah. <laughs> you, too. We should uh, actually hook you two up. 
1-866-405-8405. Hi, who is this? Hello? Hi, who is this? Uh, this is Donna. Hi, Donna. How are you doing? Good, good. Where are you calling from today? Uh, San Diego. San Diego. You are on with Dr. Jill. Well, um, Hi, Dr. how are Jill, you? We have five cats, so you can uh-huh. probably do a whole show with me, but um, we have five <laughs> cats, and one of our cats, she's nine, her name is Minnie, and she's a Siamese. And she has this thing where we we can't figure out for any reason. She goes around and she'll like pick up a sock out of my uh, out of our drawers, uh-huh. and she'll she'll carry it in her mouth and go into the other room, or go to where we're at and just meow with it in her mouth. She'll meow like she's dying or something. Okay. <laughs> and she does this many times a day. So what does she do? When, what do you do when she does that? Uh, well, I yell at her and my husband praises her. <laughs> so I think it's really <laughs> annoying and he thinks it's cute, but it's, to me it's really annoying. Because the, the cry that she does is just really, Your really... typical Siamese, right? Yeah, it's very mournful. Yeah, oh my yeah. gosh, yeah, she's so neurotic. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's know. actually um, sort of a common behavioral problem that some cats will have. Uh, it can be mean that your cat's a little bit anxious or nervous, or it may be the way that your cat interacts with you, and that's the way she's playing her game with you. Hmm. And she, um, is it a dirty sock or is it a clean sock? It, it doesn't matter. She'll open the drawer and get clean ones. Okay. And if there sometimes socks, they, yeah. If it's, if it's not socks, she'll grab a washcloth or something else. Okay. Yeah, there, there's there's several. I mean, not a lot of cats out there that do it, but it's actually something that's out there sometime. Um, is there anything else new in her environment that may make her upset? Did you get a new cat, or do you have new furniture, or did you move? All of the above. And okay. It started well, a couple of years ago, and, and uh, you know, so we did move a few years ago and got new furniture, and then in the last couple of years we've gotten a couple of new additions to our family, so... Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going on in her life, and she's very, she's probably a little bit anxious about it. And it's probably a good idea to give her some special one-on-one time. You have a lot of cats, but she has special needs. So interacting with her, playing with her, you know, one-on-one may help her too. You can, um, to keep her from doing it, you're going to have to lock all your socks up and anything that she might bring out. But if she does find something, she'll bring it out and, and, and go through that. And it's just her way of getting your attention and having you interact with her. Um, there are some things you could do holistically. There's a product that's, that's, I've heard great reviews on. It's called Feel Away. It's a natural feline hormone, and it helps calm cats that are nervous. It may not work in all cats, but you could try it. And then another thing would be another cat, and it did not work at all. I actually okay. returned it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It just yeah. depends on on the cat. Um, okay. It just it's just supposed to have, you know, they even say it too. It's just supposed to make them a little bit calm. It has the you know a pheromone in it which helps calm them down. But um, but just providing her with some enrichment. She's an indoor cat only, right? Well, they go outside with us. Supervised on the patio. Yeah. Okay. Onto the patio. Well, you know, cats that are they're in the home, it's always good to give them extra things to play with and introduce new toys. Um, you can just you don't have to spend a fortune. If you get toys, you can cycle them, put some out for a while, put the other ones up in a baggie, and then bring them out later. And then do some one-on-one interactive play with her and get her to work out a lot of her 
um, nervousness or anxiety with you on a um, on a one on one basis. Okay. Yeah, we never thought but of it's not anything, anxiety. Yeah, this is, yeah. yeah, and it doesn't sound like it's anything. It's going to be dangerous for her. It's not going to be anything that's. It doesn't sound like she's having. She's in any danger. It's just a little bit of a behavioral problem, and it may be. You know, she's a little bit nervous. There's new things going on, and this is the way that she is going to let you know that there's something going on. Hmm. Okay. Well, thank you. And don't feel alone. Like I said, there's other cats out there that do the same thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. (laughs) You're going to join the um, Siamese Support Club. (laughs) Yeah, I think we need one. (laughs) They're so neurotic. They're such beautiful cats, and it seems like 99% of them are very vocal. They love to yeah. interact and, and meow and vocalize with their pet owner. And they're really smart cats, too. They like to be trained. You could you could do some training with them. And if you ever go to a cat show, there's a lot of feline agility programs now, and usually some of the top cats in the agility are usually Siamese. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. yeah. She can jump like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> she can do all kinds of stuff. She can weave between candlesticks on the fireplace without knocking them over. I mean, she's amazing. <laughs> hey, you know, I think that's your answer. Put her in feline agility training, and then she'll forget about the socks. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Turn it into oh, lemonade. Lemons into lemonade there. one 405 8405 The on-call vet this hour is Dr. Jill. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. This hour of Animal Radio is brought to you by Return Moi. With Return Moi's service, pet owners know that if their pet goes missing, finders can easily and immediately contact Return Moi 24 hours a day. To learn more, visit www.returnmypets.com. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pet. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Zoo2.com, where pet lovers share opinions on anything related to pets, and everything you do earns points to help pet shelters and rescue groups. That's Z-O-O-T-O-O.com, bringing pet lovers together to help pets and each other. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Dr. Debbie White coming up in just a couple of minutes if you want to chat with her. 1-866-405-8405. Now, we've been talking about preventing that loss. Don't lose your pet. Yeah, don't wait until you lose it. Prevent it. And then be in place just in case your pet takes off. And there's two IDs that your pet has got to have. 
They've got to have a microchip, and they've got to have something visible. If it's just a microchip, people don't know there's a microchip in there. I like these guys, and this is why I get them on the phone. Return moi, and it's uh, it's spelled return moi, M-O-I, is French. I think you just like saying it. And we got the founder, uh, Suhal Niazi, on the phone. Hi, Suhal. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on board. How are you guys doing? Very good. Thank you. The reason I wanted to get you on board is because I like the IDs that you guys have because... When you're on the road, let's say you lose your pet, you don't have to go chase down an Internet connection. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call a 1-800 number. The person who finds this pet can immediately identify who it belongs to. You don't have to deal with the Internet. And that's something that's, let's face it, when you're on the road, the, the animals are stressed and sometimes they want to bolt. And that's a prime time to lose them. Exactly. I mean, we, we want to make it as easy as possible for the finder to take action and give us a call. So we have the 1-800 number. And you guys have a 90% reunite rate, which is really cool. Yeah. And we don't have a lot of time, so I want to I want to find out all the details about the Return Wild Pets tag. Where do we get it? How does it work? What are the benefits? How much does it cost? Do you need a subscription? All the details. <laughs> all right. I'll try to go as quickly as possible. It's a pet tag um, on both sides. On one side, it's, it has a reward message, so it says, if I'm lost... Um, you know, please contact me. Uh, please contact my owner. So there's a re- and, and mentions a reward message there. On the other side, it has a uh, 1-800 number, a website, as well as a unique ID number. So when a customer purchases it, they will register that ID number, um, on, which takes about 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. And there they'll put all their information that they want, their home number, their cell number, their office number, email address, uh, their grandfather's number, any number that you want us to reach you at, you can put over there. You can also put information about your animal, their breed, uh, their veterinarian information. The more information that we have, any medical information, uh, the better it is for our support team to be able to um, address the concern when your animal gets lost. Is there a subscription? There's two subscription uh, options that people can have. There's a two-year service, which costs nine ninety five. Uh, and a five-year service, which costs, which costs 19.95, and what that means is that in the event that your animal gets lost within those two years, uh, whether once, whether five times, um, you don't pay anything. Um, you don't have to pay a reward. You don't have to pay anything. We will cover that entirely. If someone finds my dog after five o'clock, is there someone there if they call that of number? Of course, we operate 24 hours. So if there's someone that uh, even calls at two o'clock in the morning, we have people on call. And the second thing I'll mention quickly is every six months we send you a reminder to make sure that your information is up to date. Mm -hmm. So we don't just let you activate and then let you go and hope that we'll find you. We actually contact you to make sure that your information is uh, accurate at all times. You actually stalk people, don't you? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we our job is to try to get your animal back. Yes, absolutely. And we want to do whatever we can to make that possible. Okay, how do we get it? How do we get it? Returnmypets.com. So. But we can call a 1-800 number to also order it, too, right? Uh, you can. If you like, you can call the 1-800 number. Okay, so it's 1-800-831-0717 or go to returnmypets.com. And, uh, oh, if you use the promotional code FF20, you'll save 20% there. Is your pet properly ID? Do they have the microchip and a visible tag? It's very, very important. Do it now. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Well, let's see. It's about uh, T-minus... Three weeks till our live broadcast in Hollywood. Hollywood! For It's Me or the Dog. 
You're you're fielding a lot of calls for that, aren't you, Judy? Yes, there's a lot of people that are interested, wanting to know how they can become a part of it. So we figured we'd get the producer on, and that would be Johnny Rains from Ricochet Television Productions. Hi, Ri- Johnny. How are you doing? Great, great. How how are you both? Very well, thank Very you. Good. So we're, we're, we're getting a lot of calls. People are asking, what is this about? Tell us. Yes, well, we are casting the first season of the American version of It's Me or the Dog, which um, is a really popular show featuring the international dog trainer, Victoria Stilwell. <laughs> Calm down, Hal. <laughs> yeah, she is quite attractive, isn't she? Yes, she is. Now, up to this point, it's all been filmed in, uh, in, uh, in the U.K.? Correct. Yes, okay. So this is the first U.S. filming of this. That is correct, um, and it's that's part of what makes it really exciting to cast the show because we have you know a blueprint that the, our you know British uh, compatriots or you know expatriates, whatever we want to call them, <laughs> have set for us, um, and now we get a chance to work with American owners and American dogs, and you know it'll be very interesting, I think, to see the differences and the similarities between uh, you know both countries. Now, what are you looking for specifically? Are you looking for uh, misbehaving dogs? Yes, I mean that that in a nutshell is what we're looking for. For the first season though, we are casting in two really specific areas of the country. Um and that would be the uh you know in the state of Georgia, all around Atlanta within maybe 100 miles of the center of Atlanta. That's actually Victoria's home there, isn't yes, it? Yes, she lives in that in that region of the country. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of people think because she's English she li- still lives in England, but she's lived in the USA for a few years oh, now. Yeah, the US is much more profitable. They, they figured that out. And far worse behaved yes. dogs, I have a feeling. Yes, she actually said that's true. <laughs> they, they, the dogs here in the U.S. are more uh, out of control than they are in the U.K., she said. We yeah. treat well, them like children. Yeah. yeah. And we also have more dogs, I think, and more people and more land, etc., etc., etc. Everything's bigger here. Okay. Exactly. Um, the other region of the country that we're casting in is the Southern California region. So those are the markets that we're focusing on for the first season of the show. Mm -hmm. And one of the motivations behind that is to really try to capture, you know, some local flavor that does relate to people from the rest of the country. Okay. Um, You know, many people from, you know, all over the USA have moved out west. And, you know, Atlanta is also a big magnet for people from all over the country. So even though we are casting in those two markets, we're hoping to find, you know, a variety of types of people. Okay, okay, so we got to have bad dogs right. that we can't, uh, can't to this point, have been unsuccessful in training. Yeah. Okay. That shouldn't be a problem to find. We're looking for people, families, roommates, best friends, partners, lovers, you know, husbands and wives, etc., who have need of this type of expert training. Um, it's very similar to the other show that we do, which is called Super Nanny, and some of your viewers or your... Just a, just a little show <laughs> that you might have heard they of. They might have heard of it. Um, you know, where in that situation, we're looking for families who are at their wits' end and ready to uh, to just throw... Well, obviously, you know, most parents aren't going to throw in the towel with their kids, but, you know, they, know. they feel like it, yeah. for sure. Um, it's very similar type of situation and story that we're looking for with It's Me or the Dog, people who are at their wits end, they've tried everything, and they really are at the point where they must have expert help or else. 
Okay, now we're going to feature some of these people and some of these animals from our live broadcast August 23rd at, now is this, am I reading this right, Barkin' Bitches? Yes, that is correct. And uh, it is located now, is it West Hollywood or Santa Monica? Where is it? It's West Hollywood. Um, okay. It's at 505 North Fairfax, okay. um, which is uh, in, thank you, which is in the West Hollywood area um, of Los Angeles, and we will be there from 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. Pacific time. Okay, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So do you bring your dog? No, you know, people do not need to bring their dog. Um, in fact, one of the things we've realized is that people who can take their dogs out to public events don't really need dog training to the degree that people who <laughs> cannot take their dog outside. So, yeah. you know, if you can bring your dog to a casting call, then most likely that dog does not need Victoria Stillwell's help. Yes. Um, you know, that's that's kind of one of the, the, the criteria that we use. So people do not have to bring their dogs. What we'd love, though, is to ask people to bring a photograph of their dog. During the casting call, what they'll do is they'll come and meet with one of our casting producers. They'll fill out a short, simple application and talk a little bit about why they'd like Victoria Stillwell to come to their home and train their dog. And that's it. It's it's a real casual type of thing. And we just did an event very similar to the one we're going to do at Barkin' Bitches in West Hollywood on Saturday, August 23rd. We did one in Atlanta recently where it was was a lot of fun. We worked with um, a local uh, dog and cat group in Atlanta, and we had a great turnout. We're hoping for even more here in Los Angeles. Oh, you know you will. Oh, yes. They'll come out of the woodwork. Now, right. there's there's a phone number, too. What's this phone number, 877-44-DOGGY? Yes, that is our casting hotline. It works out to be 877-443-6449. We encourage people from everywhere to call that number with their reasons why they need dog training. Um, as I said, we're working right now in the Atlanta and the Los Angeles markets, but Fingers crossed there'll be a second season where oh, we yeah. can open casting up to other parts of the USA. And, of course, the website, it's meorthedog.com. Now, we're going we're gonna to list at animalradio.com all the details uh, about the live broadcast and how you can bring your, well, bring a picture of your dog and yourself out for the casting. Call it Barkin' Bitches, 505 North Fairfax. That's from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. the 23rd of August, the 23rd of this month. Uh, and uh, lots more. Did I... Yeah, and we'll post all this over here at Animal. I just got more information. We'll post this over at AnimalRadio.com. It's the uh, latest press release. The producer, Johnny Rains, thanks so much for joining us. We'll hey, see. my pleasure. Are you going to be there at the casting call? Absolutely. Absolutely. I wouldn't miss it and look forward to meeting um, anyone from your audience who shows up at our casting call at Barkin' Bitches. It's worth coming just to see the store with that name. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. <laughs> we'll see you then. Okay. Thanks very much. is Animal Radio Network. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People is published ten times yearly. The publisher is a non-profit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. 
Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. Fido Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, think of your dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido-friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. 1-866-405-8405 on call fed. Dr. Debbie joining us. Do you have any pets at home, Dr. Debbie? Oh, absolutely. I have uh, two fabulous black Labradors uh, that are constantly in my pool. <laughs> they, they actually like to go swimming, huh? Oh, they do. And I actually have one that loves to dive, and he's quite talented at going underwater. Now, are they proficient enough that you don't fear that they might drown when you're not around? Or how does that work? Well, generally, yeah, they're, they're pretty good. Um, I try to supervise my father-in-law as kind of the official babysitter, so uh-huh. he checks in on them regularly and it lets them have some swim time, some fun time, and, you know, kick back in the heat and take some uh, air-conditioned time as well. Well, now, of course, you're in Las Vegas. We're a live link to Las Vegas where it gets tremendously hot. I bet you see a lot of heat exha- exhaustion. Oh, yeah, we sure do. And actually, this week, we're having a tremendous amount of humidity, which I know is a special thing for a lot of parts of the country. For us, it's a it's a double whammy with the heat, the humidity, and it really is, is quite dangerous for our pets. So we have to be very cautious. We had someone call in a few minutes ago. They asked, will our pets know if it's too hot? If they're out in the sun, laying in the sun, will they know they're getting too hot? No, unfortunately, they won't. And this is where we have to be that kind of common sense uh, that steps in and tells them, you know, time to take a break, get indoors. Even if we provide them with shade, ample ways to stay cool outside, sometimes it's just too much fun being a dog and we just got to look after them. Okay, let's go to the phones, one 405 I understand we have Carol on the line. Harold. Uh, Harold. Hi, Harold. I, I mixed up Harold and Carol. There, I, there seems to be a very significant difference in this case. Harold, where are you calling from today? I'm in Connecticut today. In Connecticut, you are on with Dr. Debbie. Yeah. Well, hi, Harold. How are you? Doing fine, Dr. Debbie. And this will make a big difference with the question from being Harold and Carol. Um, <laughs> I just went in and had my vasectomy done. And it's always adopt pound puppies and always altered why is it that we castrate dogs and remove the testicles instead of just doing a vasectomy and leaving the hormone producing organs that's a very good question Harold do you have a dog of your own uh, yes I do okay and he's, he neutered oh, oh yeah absolutely Okay. And what kind of dog is he? Hey, he's just a pound puppy. All righty. 
the reason we do that in dogs is because we want to minimize the effects of the testosterone, the bad effects, and that namely being that we'll see dogs with uh, high testosterone levels that aren't castrated may have more problems with aggression, where they may start more fights, may not be as suited into the hierarchy of the dog in the household uh, family situation. So we want to try to minimize those effects of testosterone. So if we just do a vasectomy, that just kind of makes them not have babies. <laughs> so we want to make sure we still address that hormone problem. And, and also there are some, some other very important things that by when we avoid the testosterone, we remove that source, it, it has a lot of health benefits too. And um, for a dog, if they're not neutered, those testosterone levels stay up high, and they can create some problems with the prostate gland. And this is kind of where the parallels with men come into play, because as men get older, they have a benign prostatic hyperplasia, and that's kind of fed by the testosterone. With dogs, they can get that same thing, but we can actually prevent that by neutering them. And for the most part, they don't complain about it. I'd say more male owners complain about that um, than the pets actually do. What do you think about that, Harold? I was going to say, in that case, I'm glad I went to see my doctor instead of my vet. Yeah, well, probably, <laughs> good, probably a good idea. We have a different uh, pragmatic lookout on uh, for the veterinary concerns and the animal concerns because it's really more than population control. We want to address what, what's going to be important to make the pet a healthy, happy family member. We don't want to throw other things in the mix that might make that difficult for them to be a uh, acclimated pet. Dr. Debbie's on Animal Radio, 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. And welcome back to Animal Radio. Celebrating our connection with our pets as we do every weekend. 1-866-405-8405. And we welcome back to Animal Radio Airwaves, our old friend, our young old friend, Rebecca Coles. Hi, Rebecca. How are you doing? Well, thank you for changing that to young old friend. <laughs> now, I understand you were out playing in the garden. You know, and yes, and time got away from me. Right now, I am doing everything I can to stay ahead of the weed warriors. Mm. And I'll tell you, they are they are coming after me with some major strength. And, <laughs> and I, you know, I made the mistake of going away for a couple of days, Uh-oh. which you're not allowed to do as a gardener. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know what? We, we gave up that fight here. Yeah, they won. They won this year, See, unfortunately. I hate that. Yeah. Hey, listen, we don't have a lot of time, but I wanted to get you on the phone to help us with some tips for keeping our dogs and cats and uh, whatever, iguanas, cool this time of year. It is so hot. Uh, here today is going to be near 100 degrees. Oh, that's horrible. Well, first things first, you know, a lot of people have outdoor animals. I mean, if you can really provide them with some shelter indoors, you're way ahead of the game. What mm. happens is people tie their dogs up, they leave them outside thinking that they're under a shade of a tree, and oftentimes 
sometimes as the sun moves, so does the shade. And so little Fido, who was bathing in shade in the morning, mm-hmm. ends up getting scalded by the sun by the afternoon. So, so you know, if you can bring them indoors, that's such a plus. But the biggest problem people have, and I, I this happened to me too, is that they travel with their dogs or cats. They run in to go to the restaurant or wherever it is. They open their window and think that that's good enough. And with temperatures as hot as they are, especially out the west this time of year, it only takes 10 minutes for the temperature inside the car to soar up to 160 degrees. Mm. 10 minutes, so it becomes a death trap. Don't do it. And uh, so, you know, what we did is we oftentimes found picnic lunches, and instead of stopping and leaving the dog indoors during the day, we would go to an open area where at least the dog can be outside, because you really do. They're they're much smaller than we are, and they can heat up, heat up a lot quicker. Mm, and they don't have those uh, sweat glands, or they don't know when they're getting hot. You, no, sort of and they to... just, you know, they just pant, and they can't pant fast enough. And usually what happens when they're in the car, they start digging, and this has happened to us, they start digging to the floorboard, and uh, we lost, you know, all our carpet, because they're trying to find something cool, and, and they can't find it. So, all, so many different things can happen. You know, my poor dog's paws were all bloodied by the mm. time we got to him. And luckily, we got to him in the nick of time. But um, it, it wasn't a pretty sight. I mean, it was really, really nasty. So so if you do have to leave them outdoors, make sure they do have a shady, well-ventilated area. And that really helps a lot if it's in an open area where you know they're going to get some breeze. If they're stuck in between the sides of homes, it gets very stale and it heats up like an oven. Also, uh, water, 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 water. A bowl of water is not going to be enough. Make sure, I mean, you know, what we have done is we take those large roasting pans. You can buy them pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. Just get a large roasting pad or, pad, pan or even an oil drip pan, which you buy at the hardware store. Mm-hmm. Um, fill that up. And when I leave, if my dog is ever left outdoors, I throw some ice cubes in it mm. or I freeze big chunks of ice so that it, ah. it keeps it cool and, and, you know, they can lap at that throughout the day. Another thing outdoors, and for me, because I'm in the garden and the dog follows me in the garden all the time, it's not enough to just say out of the garden and he'll get out. But what I've done is I take an ice cream bucket Mm-hmm. I fill the bucket up with like a beef broth that I make just with bouillon. Mm-hmm. And I dilute it so it's not real heavy in this and salts. But make a beef broth, fill it up, and then inside the the ice cream container, drop in some rawhide bone, you know, the little rolled bones or some pieces of rawhide. Let that freeze solid. And then when you go outside, you simply take that out, turn it upside down, and put it where you want the dog to stay. And he'll sit there and let that. <laughs> thing up and, and until his head spins and ke- it keeps you focused on the garden. It keeps him focused on keeping cool and and f- trying to dig for that rawhide. So it, it's fun to be had by everyone. It's a popsicle is what it's it is. It's a popsicle. I like that. The summer issue of Seasons by Rebecca, is it out yet? Is it out? It, it is out. It is out. You can go online to uh, RebeccaColes.com. That's K-O-L-L-S.com. And order it. I'm getting ready to send the fall issue to print, and that will be coming out in August. Okay, and of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show at AnimalRadio.com. will link to all of Rebecca Cole's stuff. Rebecca, thanks for joining us again. My pleasure. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Kay Brown reporting for Animal Radio. 
Police sniffer dogs in Britain will soon have to wear booties if officers need to search Muslim households to avoid what's being termed cultural offence. The move follows recent complaints by Muslims who were being searched by explosive sniffer dogs at England's Brighton train station. Britain's leading imam, Sheikh Mogra, is quoted as saying that in Islamic teaching a dog's saliva is considered to be unclean or impure and that it is forbidden to keep dogs as pets. It's not made clear in the reports how putting booties on police dogs will make them acceptable or overcome the Muslims' objections to canine saliva. A Singaporean housewife who was found guilty of ordering her dog to attack her maid has been jailed for 20 months. Physical abuse of staff is reportedly common in Singapore, but locals there were shocked by reports that Tay Su Hun had ordered her Shih Tzu to bite the maid. Prosecutors said the maid suffered 11 bruises on her thigh and a mark on her hand from the Shih Tzu bites. Fans of the breed claim the dog was framed. A new survey has found that if pet owners were to decide the result of the presidential election, then John McCain would be voted best in show. The AP Yahoo News poll found pet owners favour McCain over Obama 42% to 37%. Those surveys suggesting that a person who owns a pet is seen as more compassionate, caring, giving and trustworthy. John McCain owns a dozen pets, including Sam, the English Springer Spaniel, Coco the Mutt, Turtles Cuff and Link, Oreo the Black and White Cat, a ferret, three parakeets and saltwater fish. His competitor, Barack Obama, doesn't have any pets, although he has promised his kids they can have a dog after the election, win or lose. A middle-aged diabetic American has had her miniature dachshund put down over fears that he might accidentally eat her. Linda Floyd can't feel any sensation in her toes because diabetes has damaged the nerves, which is why she apparently didn't feel little Roscoe, the dachshund, chewing off her right big toe while she was asleep. Vet said it's possible that Roscoe was attracted to Linda's toe as it had an open wound caused by an ingrown toenail. Well, two British tourists return home from Gambia with some unimaginably gruesome souvenirs, maggots. Alan and Karen Evans returned home to find that the little mosquito stings had grown into throbbing boils. And under a magnifying glass, Evans noticed something wriggling. The terrified tourists described the sensation as the maggots grew as being like having baby crabs growing under their skin. A tropical disease specialist cut the maggots out, adding that such infections occur much more often than people realise. And finally, a British hotel receptionist shocked fellow workers when she suddenly stripped off her top at work and revealed a baby bat snuggled inside her bra. The stunned 19-year-old hadn't noticed anything different when she retrieved her bra from the clothesline in the morning and got dressed and headed off to work. Abby Hawkins said she originally thought the slight vibration was coming from her mobile phone in her shirt pocket. It was only when the baby bat awoke some five hours later that she noticed something moving. Both Abby and the tiny creature escaped their ordeal unharmed, Abby telling reporters they were making a mountain out of a molehill. I'm Kay Brown reporting for Animal Radio. For more information, go to pettalkradio.com.au. This has been an Animal Radio news update. Get more at animalradio.com. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pet. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org. 
or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. Animal Radio is being brought to you by the American Red Cross, providing you with information and training to protect the dogs and cats you love. For more information, visit redcross.org or petcentric.com, a proud supporter of the American Red Cross. Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. Pets 911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. You want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.caninecaviar.com. Animal Radio is brought to you by Flavicin. Flavicin improves joint function in dogs, keeping cartilage, tendons, and ligaments healthy, and joints flexible in the body of aging animals. To find out more about this breakthrough formula, visit www.yourolderdog.com. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass, and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www. Safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. Welcome back. It's Animal Radio. World-famous Russian dog wizard, Vlade, linked up, still in Michigan, but on his way to California any day. Woo-hoo. He'll be joining us. Yeah, are you very excited about that? Yes, I am. Hey, Vlade, are you excited about that? I am so excited. I, 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 first thing when I will see you, I will kiss you both of you. Sorry, <laughs> now culture, a man can kiss the man without anything sexual. Like, come on, guys. Hey. Just sense of hospitality. Hey, no problem there. No tongues, though, okay? <laughs> One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hi, who is this? Good afternoon. This is Wayne calling, or should I say, good morning? Good morning, good morning Wayne. Vladi, Vladi, Russian dog wizard from uh, Animal Radio. How can I help you? Thank you. Yeah. Good morning. Oh, I listened last week. I listened, and you were talking about not allowing your dog on the bed, and I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. I have a 100-pound puppy who loves to jump, and I could not imagine him on the bed when I'm trying to sleep. Good exactly, advice. exactly. Let me tell you. Thank you for bringing it up. Let me tell you one simple thing. I'm dealing right now with one guy whose dog, Akita, female Akita, beat five girlfriends in his life and severely beat it. And he still can't get it. And I told him, your Akita has no business to be in your bed. Every time when Akita is in the bed and his girlfriend approaching, different girlfriends approaching to his bed, and Akita, female Akita says, uh, I don't like it. And, you know, that uh, dummy guy said, okay, it's okay, and petting the dog and, and encouraging girlfriend jump in the bed, and Akita bites them. And when I told him, get that Akita out of your bed, you know, you know, Wayne, what he said to me? 
he like said that. to me, yeah, you know, he said to me, you know what, I slept with that dog more than with any girlfriends in my life, so, uh, so my Akita stays in the bed and girls go. You know, some wow. people will never get it. How can I help you today? Well, I have two easy questions for you, and they're difficult for me. One, my seven-month-old, 100-pound puppy loves to jump, and I just can't get it what, to what stop. Breed it? What breed it, 100-pound seven? Well, it was supposed to be a border collie. I think it's a Burmese mountain dog. Oh, okay. They're very intelligent. They are? Yeah, they're, and okay. they're jumping on everyone, yeah? Um, well, not me so much. He's used to me now, so he starts a little bit. I say, get down, and he does. But when my girlfriend comes over, he leaps, and he stands, you know, five and a half, six feet tall. Sure, he sure. jumps up and down, and I'm afraid. And your girlfriend, my parents how is your girlfriend reacting to that? Uh, she's she not happy it about not? it because he has these big Freddy Krueger nails, so he can easily lacerate your skin. She grabs sure, sure. him, and I tell her, be forceful, hold the collar, pull him down to the ground. No, 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 it's not going to work. It's, it's not going to no. work. Uh, how old are you dating that girlfriend? How long? Sorry, it's not my business, yeah, but it's, it's uh, related. Four and a half to five years. Oh, okay. So she was before you adopted the puppy. So how she, in the very beginning, if she was try, if she was thinking it's okay when the little puppy, two months puppy, was jumping on her? No. No, it is she not never, okay for the she, dog to jump on people. So she, okay, so we have a jumping on the people. I, I can give you that secret recipe. We'll fix this problem with the speed of Russian satellite guided missile. What is the next question? I want to just get The next that. question is he tends to like when he's playing or excited or happy to wrap his enormous mouth around your arm or your hand. He doesn't break the skin, but, mm -hmm. you know, he kind of pulls and tugs and... Don't know how to keep my arm out of his mouth when he's playing. Okay, okay. It says yesterday I had another client whose uh, literally hand was in the bruises because of the same behavior, and she tolerated many months before was looking for the help. So thank you so much. You help, you called us at the early stage, early C, early deal. That's uh, that's the law is. So let's we uh, sort it out and fix it quickly. Now, why he does this? This puppy is coming to age, and he's testing out its boundary. Jumping, it's a, or it's a demanding, one of the demanding behavior. Like he tells you, you like it or not, I got to get it no matter what. I mean, it's just stealing your, demanding or stealing your attention instead of deserving, you know. Yeah, you can teach the dog to sit, stay before, uh, enough to give him love and affection so he will get the same benefits what he wants to get by jumping. But we both know he's not going to do sit and stay right now. So what we're going to teach, see, my method is correct, redirect, praise. Correct, redirect, praise. A lot of trainers will disagree and tell me, you know what, you have to just redirect the dog enough to praise him. It's like trying to redirect a race car on the full speed. It's not going to happen. Maybe it works very well in the theory, but not in the real, in the real life. This is the reality show, people, and uh, we're not here about the kissing and hugging. This is about giving quick and fix a uh, quick fix and the long-term solutions to the relationship what you need to do first uh, I would do as usually address the cause and I would attack the symptoms uh, addressing the cause is very simple you have to do obedience training especially your wife needs to be involved simple exercise walking on the loose leash without pulling the dog is ahead of you turn around snap the leash use Please pinch color, which is much better than the chalk color or regular color, because it's it's a it's a it's a imitate the doggy mama um, pressure gentle pressure around the neck. And Germany was testing so many times with the great effect, and it's never 
injure the dog or even hurt the dog if you use it properly. Uh, Sit-stay would be great uh, um, control exercise which you and your wife could perform. Sit-stay. Uh, check my DVD obedience for life from web website 911dogwizard.com would be great solution for you. Now addressing the co addressing the symptoms very simple. If you don't like what the dog does, you have to correct it. How many times did you see the dog jumps under rose bushes? If, if it's not a stupid Labrador retriever who can basically run through the glass door and not realize there is a glass door there. They're just physically insensitive, not, you know. But, but you know, uh, the dog doesn't do for long, which doesn't work for them. So how would you fix it? You can set it up. You can have him on the leash, uh, and after that, ask him, are you want to jump on my, or your girlfriend can, are you want to jump on me? Not just telling jump, just asking, like with the attitude, like make my day, baby. Like sometimes uh, Putin talks to the bush, you know, make my day, go ahead, you know. So the same things, you know, you want to jump on me? As he jumps, snap him away. Don't pull and hold, snap and release. As you snap, make the body language forward. It's a very important, more important than the snap. Surprise factor is more important. S move forward, snap and say, ah, and freeze. Freezing means if you don't stop, I'm, something going to happen. So, Dave, jump on me. Dave jumps, ah, boom, and the, the dog backs up. This time you can say, good boy. So I would do it proactively before he really jumps. And uh, with your girlfriend, she can have the leash and ask him, are you want to jump on, on me? Huh? Are you want to jump on me? Son of the bitch, are you want to jump on me? <laughs> now, you mean me jumping on her or the dog jumping on her? Oh, I know you. you <laughs> no, you can jump on her in another time. I'm talking about dog jumps on her. Yes. Well, so she grabbed the leash. Hold on, hold on, Wayne. I want to make sure. She grabs the leash, and uh, the leash is slack, and she asks him. She's setting him up for fail, and his natural instinct will set himself for success. She asks him, are you going to jump at me, baby? And if he jumps, she snaps as she makes the sound and move forward and freeze. Ah! Couple of times she does it, he will not jump it. Now, if he jump on her when she doesn't grab anything, when she entering in your house, have a five six pop uh, pop cans with the penis in the back of your door. So when she comes in, she grab it, and if he jumps on her, she gonna toss it, just like this. Okay, and she can even touch the shoulder blade because it's not about the hurting. She does, she's not supposed to raise it hand. She's supposed to do it sideways, surprise, and it's not throwing table or chairs, people. It is a very light object which imitating the dog's teeth. Surprise factor, basically five, six pennies in the pop can, it's nothing. You can toss the brick, hopefully not, and the dog get nothing, or you can toss the feather but startle with attitude. Ah! The dog's backs up, good boy, and give him something nice. And after ask you leave the house and do three, four times, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Trust me, it takes three, four times. And she came in, she came, she will, he will not jump on her. Now, if it doesn't work, it means she just gave him $2 ticket for speed violation. That's what I kind of tell you. Okay, because he is great on a leash. He walks right at my side. If other dogs or people or joggers or people on bikes go by, uh -huh. he immediately sits down. He doesn't jump. Uh, he doesn't my dear, my dear, it's not about you. 
You are not yes. the problem. Your girlfriend That's is right. the problem. Make sure she should walk him on the leash. She should put authority. And after that, she should correct him if he is jumping on her. And biting on the hand, it's also very easy. First of all, if she will be leader for him, he's not going to bite her in the first place. Now, if if he bites her after that, have them the same thing. Toss it, shaking can, or grab the leash. Touch, touch the dog's mouth, say, hey, you want to bite me? And once he opens his mouth to touch your hand, she needs to snap the leash with a total attitude, like typical American girl will do. Don't touch, don't harass, I'm going to sue you. This type of the attitude, she needs to momentarily, you know, uh, uh, exude, okay? Ah, excuse me, that attitude. You have to tell her, nice girl will never get the precious den. Just tell her, nice female never get the precious den. Tell your girlfriend, be a little bit more bitchy. Not with you, with your dog. Thank you for calling us. Thank you. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Scientists are trying to find out why kangaroos are so polite, or at least why they don't burp. Cows burp a lot and are the largest contributors of greenhouse gases which are known to raise the Earth's temperature. Scientists have been experimenting with different kinds of non-gas-inducing feed for cows, but a new study is trying to learn more about the ways kangaroos live without burping. So far, the studies indicate that it's something in the kangaroo's stomach, an enzyme that can break down the food without the gas. If they can identify the enzyme, it might help the cows with their gas. And luckily for the cows, it doesn't seem to have anything to do with jumping around on your hind legs. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio eBay thought it had a great idea. Create a live pets category. Commercial breeders could sell dogs and cats like car stereos or sofas. Even shelters could list the critters they're trying to adopt. But when the word got out, animal lovers across the country cried foul. And now the Internet auction giant has backed off the idea. eBay had solicited comments on the idea and received more than 3,000 negative comments. The single biggest concern was puppy mills and commercial operations where dogs are kept in dirty conditions and underfed or even starved. Even among well-meaning rescue people, there's too much opportunity for bad things to happen. Most legitimate breeders would never sell their animals on eBay. Shipping animals is highly regulated. There's way too much chance for the money motivator to win over the animal's health and well-being. It took eBay only three days to change its mind. I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys, reporting for Animal Radio. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. I'm over here fermenting my cat. And I do. I I am always doing that. Yes. uh, It actually de stresses me. You know, they think the fermenter is good for the cat, it's good for me. either right now. Okay, here's the information you're calling about. It's me or the dog. The casting call. August 23rd. Barkin' Bitches, 505 North Fairfax. That's in West Hollywood. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. We'll be broadcasting live. And don't bring your pets. Bring a picture of your dog and you down there to the casting call. All the information up at the AnimalRadio.com website. Speaking of famous dogs, you're going to be making your dog famous. 
Lassie, of course, uh, was uh, was it four weeks ago now? We had John Provost on, who was Timmy on Lassie, uh-huh. and he he told us he never fell in a well. Oh no! Everybody thinks he did, but apparently this has been uh, something that's been propagated by Jay Leno and Johnny Carson. He never fell into a well. But along with the Lassie theme, because we did get such a good response, we got Dr. Jeff Werber, who's Lassie's doctor, on the phone. Hi, Doc. Hello there, Hal. How are you? Hi, Judy. Are you at work now? I am at work. Okay. I'm taking a break between many patients on a difficult morning. What was your uh, involvement with Lassie? Well, I interestingly um, met the this Lassie's father and grandfather, and then I met uh, Lassie and Carol Riggins, who's Lassie's owner-trainer, mm-hmm. and uh, at a trade show, and we just sort of hit it off really well. And Now, i got to ask, were there several Lassies? There, well, there's always really one Lassie, but they are all related. It's okay. always down the generation, one generation to the next. Oh, really? And real, I mean, they really have the same bloodline? All the blood, all, absolutely, all the same bloodline. One of the questions I wanted to ask you about this time of year, there's a lot of animals. For instance, there's a cat that's around here whose hair is all matted. It's a feral cat. I always think that maybe I should shave it. Well, you know, interestingly, if you have... Well, first of all, we have to understand that, that, that the skin is probably one of the largest organs of the body. Uh-huh. People always don't ever think of skin as an organ, but it really is. And it, it has a function, and a great function at that, as does the hair or the fur. And... And one of those functions is to help regulate temperature. Mm-hmm. It's almost like animals have their own built-in thermoregulation unit. You can call it a thermos. And, and so you can imagine what would happen if you took the inner lining of that thermos out. It wouldn't work as well. Mm. It's meant to keep cold, cold. It's meant to keep the hot, hot. And so basically whatever is going on in the body at the time is regulated and it's supposed to be kept that way by that skin and coat. So if you shave that coat, then it may not work as well. However, in order for it to work as well, you have to keep it healthy. And one of those things is to keep it brushed and combed on a regular basis. You must get the mats out because the skin secretes oils, the sebum glands in the skin. And if those glands, the openings, are all clogged up because of dead and dying and dry and matted hair, obviously they're not going to work as well. So it's an so, old wife's tail that comes summer you should shave your pets down? Absolutely. That's, that's not a good thing to do unless, of course, prescribed by your veterinarian for another reason. Uh, sometimes if the skin is horrendous and you're just not able to really medicate it properly so it's not functioning well anyway, then yes, you may need to shave. If the mats are so bad that the, 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 to try to comb them or brush them out might do more damage, then again, we may have to shave. But but just to shave because, oops, summer's coming mm-hmm. is, is not a good idea. But brushing is important because you want to keep that coat that is there, that should be there, healthy and working well. So that's important. And, and you, know, you mentioned the Furminator, I heard. You know, I was at a trade show oh, about a year and a half ago, and mm-hmm. it just so happens that the booth from my pet care TV was right next to this kind of new company coming up, Furminator. And I'm looking at this video of this golden retriever being combed with the Furminator comb, and, and I'm thinking, this is a bunch of garbage. There is no <laughs> way. I mean, I've been around a long time, and I'm not seeing, I've never seen anything like this. It is amazing. It really it is. is amazing. So he gave me one to take home because I told him I'm a veterinarian. I have, you know, four dogs at home. I have four cats at home, and I don't believe this. And sure enough, I, have, I now sell them in my practice, and I sell them off the shelf. It is exactly what you see on those little commercials. It is an, an amazing tool, and it really does a, just a fantastic job at keeping that coat nice and healthy, getting rid of the dead hair, getting rid of the mats, allowing it to do what it does best, and that is to help protect the animal 
from harmful elements, from the sun, from the cold, etc. Now, I'm a kind of a bottom line guy, Judy. You know that I, I tell it like it is. Mm-hmm. And the Furminator... At first, I thought it was kind of pricey because, you know, they, they are up there $40 plus. And you say $40 plus for a brush. That's absolutely insane. And then I used it. Right. And n- number one, it will outlive any regular brush. <laughs> you you would spend $40 on regular brushes at least in the amount of time that the Furminator lives. In fact, I still have my original Furminator. It is still good. It, I believe you can actually change the heads out, but you I've never, never had to do never that. Had to, Hal, and I agree. I have my – the one that he he gave me that day, I still haven't used. It really gets the underlying loose, sheddy hair. Right. Oh. And so it helps with shedding, too. Now, and, and people have to also understand, any pet parent knows that there are different types of shedding. There's shedding because of an unhealthy hair coat, mm-hmm. and there's seasonal shedding. And seasonal shedding is what we call that. That is the essential shedding. It's it's, it's part of the normal healthy process. Um, but even with good with with good coat care, with good emollients, with good supplements that have omega three fatty acids and the omega sixes and the linoleic acid and and the uh, the vitamin E's, etc., you can actually help to even reduce some of the seasonal shedding, the natural, normal shedding, just by keeping that coat healthier. Oh, so the diet's really important. Diet is extremely important. General health is extremely important. In fact, with many diseases, what's the first thing that we see on the outside is a dry, dull coat. Very good. I learned so much when you're on the show. thanks. We need to do it more often. We, We unfortunately are out of time. Is there a website where we can learn more? Sure. You can go to an easy one www.firminator and that's F-U-R capital Minator M-I-N-A-T-O-R dot com and I have three to give away right now under the condition that you call me back in a month after you use them and you let me know how much you enjoyed them one 405 8405 Dr. Jeff Werber joining us more Animal Radio is around the corner don't go anywhere you're listening to Animal Radio you can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com log on Learn more. Hello? Hello. Hi, who's this? This is Igor from North Hollywood. Hi, Igor. How are you doing? I, I remember you. You remember me, right? Yes. You have the kickboxing cat. Yeah. Marquise. Yeah. And unfortunately, my cat is having a problem. Your cat is having... What's his name again? Marquise. Marquise. What does that stand for again? That stands for royalty. Royalty. Russian no? royalty. Ro- Russian. Russian royalty, right. What's wrong with Marquis? Well, you know, we took him to the vet for a checkup and for a dental cleaning like two days ago. And, you know, first of all, he got hysterical right there in the doctor's office. He got what? He got hysterical? Hysterical. Okay. He didn't let anyone close to him, and the doctors had to, you know, probably he got scared. Yes. So he didn't let anyone close to him, and he started screaming and yelling and fighting each other. Didn't like it, huh? So, uh, they put a black cover on his uh, on his thing that he was in. Mm. And then, uh, you know, then he calmed down a little bit. And my mom left him for two hours there. And then when she came back, she got him back, but she, it's a totally different cat. Uh, uh, let me ask this question. You said dental work? Yeah. So, uh, Barkeev was put under anesthesia? Yes. You know what? Give it a couple of days. That anesthesia lasts a long time, you know. I, yeah, they'll but, be a little different for a few days. But, you know, he, he was very friendly and very happy cat. Yeah. And now he's, uh, you know, he can barely walk. That's 
Sean Marquis like, you know. What do you mean he could barely walk? He barely, he mostly, mostly he sits uh, in one place and doesn't even move. By his own choice. He can walk, though, if he wants, right? Yes, and, but his tail is always down. It used to be always up, and now it's always down. I don't know what and, to do, and I don't know what they've done to him. Do you remember the first time you went to the doctor? Yes. Ah, pretty scary experience, huh? Yes, but... And, so you're, you're I, saying that it's, I it think, will pass? I think that I think if you just give it a couple of days, maybe maybe a week, it could be leftover anesthesia. Getting your dental work done is not fun. He may still be in a little bit of pain from the dental work. Certainly, he was scared at the veterinarian's office. So, uh, yeah, he's probably going to have a, a bad mood for a couple of days. He doesn't even want to eat. He sits just like a little bit, and that's it. No, oh, that's because his teeth hurt. How old is Marquise? He's seven years, eight years old, mm-hmm. and we got him when he was one. So he's literally a member of our family. And the veterinarian recommended the dental work, right? Uh, no, we, you know, we have a neighbor that uh, got has got us hooked with that shelter where we got Marquise, and she said that she's done it to her cats. She mm-hmm. has three cats. And he needs it done. Yeah. Here's the situation, Igor. It sounds like that Markiev obviously is not very happy about this, number one. The teeth still hurt a little bit, probably from the dental work, so it hurts a little bit to eat. So any kind of soft foods, moist foods would be good for Markiev at this time. Sometimes they love baby food by yeah, jars. Yeah, I'm going to give him pork, you know that. This is only temporary. This is only until his teeth feel better. The other thing is you can get canned food instead of kibble. Get some canned food, which is soft, at your local pet store. There's plenty yeah, of good... Yeah, we have canned food. Okay. We barely eat. Try uh, baby food. Try meat-flavored baby food in the jar. They usually love that, and that should be very easy for him to and eat. And what, what the flavor should be? Uh, any kind of meat, beef, meat chicken. Flavor. Yeah, just get baby food, and he should love that. Oh, okay. It's, it, it's only temporary while his teeth heal. Now, here's my suggestion. Ask your vet, tell your vet that you are concerned and want to know exactly what's going on. And you know, what What I also noticed is his tail used to be all the way, all the time up, you know. He's a 15-pound mm-hmm. big cat. Yeah. He was carrying his tail all the way up, all the time up. Now the tail is dragging on yeah. the floor. He's unhappy. Yeah. All the time. That's, that's my main concern now. Well, when you take him to the vet, have the vet check him over first. Okay. Okay. I think I think things are going to be okay, Igor. And I, I, I think so. I think you're going to be calling me in about a month, and you're going to be saying Markeev is feeling great again. I hope it's sooner. I, I hope so too. <laughs> and I, he's back to his boxing with you. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for calling, Igor. Give Markeev a big old hug from all okay, of us. Okay, I will. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. 
visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. Have you seen the latest Band of Blings? Don't know what a Band of Bling is? Band of Blings are a classy new way to wear the old classic pet bandana. Adorned with beautiful jacquard trims, embroidered appliques, and whimsical charms, Band of Blings are the only pet bandana with a unique adjustable snap closure. Just snap on, snap off, and go. No more ties or Velcro. Check out www.bandabling.com to find a retailer near you. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew, gross. Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard K90 Wormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And the Pet Emergency Special is being brought to you by the American Red Cross. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. For more information, visit the Red Cross at redcross.org or petcentric.com, a proud supporter of the American Red Cross. 1-866-405-8405. Today, sort of focusing on the emergencies that can happen to your pet and how to deal with them. And we bring back our friend, Dr. Mandel, to the airwaves. Hi, Doc. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Very well. I got to tell you, though, I go outside the air conditioning. It is pretty close to 100 degrees outside. Brutal. Completely brutal. Yeah, and I worry about that with our pets. It's interesting because heat stroke or heat exhaustion is usually most common in the spring and early summer, and that's because dogs just aren't acclimated and cats aren't acclimated to the, the change in weather. First mm. nice day, they want to go out, run around. You know, They don't know that they're getting too, too overheated, and then it becomes too late. The biggest thing is to, you know, sort of try to get them acclimated, maybe short amount of time outside, make sure there's plenty of shade and water. If your dog is outside and you think that it is getting overheated, the, the best response is to actually hose it down with cool water. Mm. Certainly if you can take its temperature first to document an initial mm. temperature, that would be good. But getting that temperature down as quickly as possible until it reaches 103 degrees you don't want to go farther than that is the most important part. Yeah, you don't want to go into hypothermia from exactly. there. Yeah. Exactly. Do they know when they're getting hot and overheated? Unfortunately, no. You know, yeah. they will not stop running and playing until, you know, they just want to catch that ball. They just want to fetch for you. And so they, they really won't. Some dogs, until they collapse, mm. will so not stop. What are the signs we need to be looking for so that we can uh, avoid the collapsing part? You, you know, basically just not letting them do too much too fast and mm. let, giving them breaks frequently. If you can look at their gum color, mm. because their gum color will turn really brick red if they're getting, um, if their temperature is going elevated. They'll be panting, obviously. They'll start having respiratory distress. They can vomit and have diarrhea. Their pulses will become weak, and, and really just taking their temperature is, the best again, the best way to document if they're getting at risk. 
We know when it's hot outside, we drink a lot of water. How do we get our animals to drink more water? Well, keeping plenty of water available, their, their own body will tell them to keep drinking. That being said, dogs with really short noses, think of bulldogs and pugs, or dogs that have upper airway disease like laryngeal paralysis have an even harder time in the heat. So you have to be really, really overly mm. careful with those dogs. I didn't know that. Okay. Mm. Switching gears, we just saw some horrible floods uh, in uh, Iowa, the, the Midwest of our country. Yeah. You know, disasters like these seem to happen anywhere. It could be earthquakes in California, fires in California, uh, hurricanes in Florida, really anywhere. Yeah. How do we prepare for this? You know, and, and you just don't think it's going to happen to you, which is what all of these disasters should make you realize it can happen anywhere. And and the biggest thing of, that all these disasters should show us is you really do have to be prepared. And there's, in the dog and cat first aid books that the American Red Cross and I put out, there are emergency preparedness checklists. And by the way, the book is an awesome book. comes with a DVD, 15,000 copies sold, and you can order it at, I think it's less than $20. Well worth it. It's at redcrossstore.org, redcrossstore.org. And, of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. Remember, the advice you hear on today's show is for entertainment purposes only. Please be sure to consult your own vet regarding your pet. It's Animal Radio celebrating our connection with our pets. Thanks for joining us. 1-866-405-8405 to chime in. By the way, those numbers open all week long. So if you don't get through this weekend or if it's during the middle of the week, you have a question about your pets, or you just want to talk to us about your pets, 1-866-405-8405. We get two questions here, especially today. One is, is that number, does it spell anything? Uh, we sat, we tried to figure it out. Judy figured out it was... Uh, Kaflugana. Kaflugana. Yeah, that's still harder than trying to remember the number. Yeah, I would just go with the one 405 It has a little ring to it. The other question we're getting today is, uh, it's the dog or me. When is the casting call? It's August 23rd at Bark and Bitches, 505 North Fairfax. That's in West Hollywood, California. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. If you have an unruly dog and you'd like Victoria Stillwell to, to help you set it straight, you want to be there for that casting call. And, of course, we'll be broadcasting live for that. Uh, Dr. Debbie is the doctor on call this hour at one 405 8405 and let's go to the phones. Hi, who's this? Uh, Gay Wallace. Hi, Gay. How are you doing? Okay. Where are you calling from today? California. Where in California? Calamesa. Calamesa. Are you listening on Coast or XM? Coast. Listening on Coast. Very good. Thank you very much. You're on with Dr. Debbie. Well, hi, Gay. How are things going? Okay. I was wondering if you could tell me which is probably the healthiest uh, purebred dog you can get, uh, like a medium-sized. It's the biggest. Okay. I don't want a big, huge dog. My, I had a red chow, and she died two and a half years ago. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. So currently you don't have any uh, dogs or other pets right I now? I have a cat. Okay. So preferably you want to have a dog that's going to get along with a kitty. Well, I don't know if that's possible or not. She's a feral cat. And she's been with me inside the house since I've had her, you know, and the dog, the chow was outside dog. So she doesn't really know any other pet, so I don't know. Okay. Well, uh, there's a lot of things that we probably be wanting to know when you're looking for a pet. Um, Some of the personal... uh, 
household things that go on, what kind of pet are you looking for other than a medium-sized pet? Um, any kind of activities? Um, are you, do you like to go out and exercise with your dog, or do you well, want a pet that's just going to sit on? I don't do a lot of exercise. I walk some, but I have a pacemaker in, and so I don't, can't really exercise a lot. Okay. And uh, do you have a preference? Because another big thing we always um, counsel owners is that are we looking for a long-haired dog, one that you're going to groom, one that's uh, no, you take one to the that groomer and have to be groomed. Okay, one and that I just kind of shed. Female. Okay. Well, females are definitely, I'd say, some very uh, good pets, um, especially if you're looking kind of at a single pet home. Um, and if you're looking for more of a quiet pet, there's a lot of different pets we could look at in different breeds. The trick is, and, and your question's kind of tough, because there isn't just one breed that we would look at that is kind of a, the best fit for, for your situation or for everyone's situation. It's always going to be a little different. Um, so there's a lot of breeds that have really good attributes um, as far as that are quiet, that are you know smaller to medium dogs, that have that kind of hair coat. Um, but I'd also encourage you, you know, it's, it's all about saving lives and adopting. So sometimes the purebred isn't always the way we go. Yeah. And, and I, I love that Cocker the, Spaniels, but I know they have a lot of ear problems. Well, they can. And certainly Cocker Spaniels have, you know, the potential for ear problems, some skin problems, mm-hmm. um, definitely some allergies, some eye issues. But when we look at a lot of the different dog breeds, you could almost make that case for every breed. Really? Um, so if I pick a breed, um, you know, even like a Jack Russell Terrier, um, they have a lot of allergy problems. They're very high-energy dogs, so they can develop some anxiety problems inside the home if they're not exercised fully. Mm-hmm. So I could kind of go through every breed and find a couple things to counter that argument and say that that might not be the best breed. I think really... The biggest thing that I would encourage you to is to to find a pet with a personality that's best suited for you, and hopefully every everything else will come along with that package. But uh, to to go to the shelters and look for the smaller breed dogs that kind of fit the physical characteristics that you're looking for, and get to know that personality because if they have a you know that active personality, they want to go run and play and jump, and they're very athletic. That doesn't sound like that's going to be a good fit for you. Um, yeah, well, the Heinz is usually healthier, right? Yes, absolutely. And, and the Heinz 57, the, the benefit of that is you still get a lot of the good breed qualities, mm-hmm. but it kind of gets the bad things get diluted out. So we run into less problems with inbreeding and where some of those genetic problems can be perpetuated by generation by generation. So I would definitely encourage you to look for that mixed breed that might just, you know, sparkle your eye and and uh, look like the the pet that's going to fit for your home yeah okay so i hope that helps some i um and uh, let us know if you do find a new friend we'd love to hear about that baby thanks for your call gay we appreciate it one 405 send us pictures we always love to see pictures of the new family members there of course we were talking just a few minutes ago with vlade what kind of dog would you be if you were a dog he says i would be a poodle. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't want to take uh, offense to that at all. Dr. Debbie, what kind of dog would you be if you were a dog? I used to think I was a golden retriever and very laid back. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think I'm currently more of a Jack Russell Terrier. And <laughs> <laughs> we actually have had some uh, training sessions on learning personalities and dealing with people. And it 
kind of related to different dog breeds. And really? I came back pretty much 100% Jack Russell. Now, you've, you're actually taking training sessions as a veterinarian to learn what kind of dog breeds people might be. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and it's actually a lot of major companies use this, um, whether they be a veterinary or an animal health field or not. And it's just a way of kind of relating to people on a very common, easily understandable term. Mm. And for people in the animal field, it's, you know, breeds of dogs. So whether you're a German Shepherd or a Golden Retriever or a Jack Russell, which is me, uh, um, that's a way that we can all relate and say, oh, yeah, Golden Retrievers, they're pretty laid back. They're pretty, you know, cool, easy going with the flow Mm -hmm. um, versus the high energy uh everything on demand like Jack Russell like myself. Or the uh, poodle. The poodle. one 405 to talk to Vlade or to Dr. Debbie right here on Animal Radio. This is Animal Radio Network.